Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. Central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Trudy Graham, your host. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton and for this episode I'm really excited to welcome Callie Kennedy. Welcome Callie. Thank you Trudy. And let's start in the usual uh, CQ way, one word barometer check-in and our conversation started today. Callie, what was your favourite subject at school? Um, well, this afternoon I'm feeling quite excited. I've um, been to multiple schools today and really loved working alongside some of our leaders across the region. Um, and in terms of my favourite subject, in primary school I really loved maths. I had some fantastic teachers who did a lot of investigations and problem solving um, and really enjoyed, uh, I guess, learning about the world around me. But as I moved into secondary, I just fell in love with English and exploring the world and different perspectives and different ways that, I guess, our world is constructed through language and um, storytelling. So. I grew throughout my schooling, but it's definitely about the teachers that I had who really inspired that love and who developed my understanding and connection to the learning that I did in school. Yeah, it's amazing how the influence of a good teacher uh, influences what we enjoy learning, isn't it? Yes. So I'm ready for today, I'm ready to go. Wonderful. And uh, my favourite subject now, I had to really think about this, but look, in junior secondary school, I'd have to say home economics because it was the practical aspect, loved it. And in senior high school, I'd have to say art. I did art and art history through senior and that then took me into tertiary as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a trip down memory lane thinking about those favourite subjects. And, you know, as we talk about the subjects, and of course we're going to have a conversation today about curriculum, the P12 curriculum assessment reporting framework and the Are You Ready to Rumble workshops. Let's dig in, Kelly, and talk about the P12 CAF as we shorten it and what people can expect in the Are You Ready to Rumble workshops. So do you want to lead us off? Fantastic, Trudy. And I really enjoyed um, going out to Emerald and listening to Angela Collins talk about the history of where we've come from and where we're going to. And so when we talk about the P12 CAF, I know that you've mentioned multiple times it was it was launched in 2011 in the principals conference um, I was not there but I um, think that it's fantastic that we're now at the stage in 2020 where we're coming to full implementation of the Australian curriculum and what that means for our schools moving forward is a, is a really rich and engaging curriculum for our students to fully um, engage with and, and prepare them for life after school um, you know very quickly and rapidly changing world. And the P12 CAF, Curriculum Assessment Reporting Framework, is our go-to document. Why is it so pivotal, Kelly? It really outlines all of the requirements that we need to 
uh, implement within our schools, but it's important because it's about every student succeeding. And so the requirements that are outlined in the Peter 12 CAF really focus around how are we preparing our students through the Australian curriculum to engage with and succeed in, in senior secondary and then prepare them for success after school as well. So when we're looking at um, the P to 12 CAF and, and what is, what's in it, it's really around um, being clear in terms of the expectations for our leaders in our schools and also our teachers around um, how we best support students to engage in learning and what um, the Australian curriculum has been designed to do for our students. Yes. And in our conversation today, you and I are going to talk about curriculum, the three levels of planning, assessment, moderation and reporting. And then in the second part of this podcast, it's a two part episode, we'll actually look at uh, differentiation and and making adjustments so that all learners, like you said, uh, every student succeeding. So that'll be part two. And I think, Trudy, it's so important whilst we're breaking it into these different components, it's all so interrelated and and all of it forms part of our work within schools. You can't have one piece without another. Yeah, so true. So let's dig into Australian curriculum. Oh, wonderful. I'm very passionate about the Australian curriculum and I think it's a fantastic curriculum that's based really around what we need to prepare our students for success, as I've mentioned before. So in terms of our Peter 12 CAF workshops, we really unpack the eight learning areas within the Australian curriculum and what that looks like for our students. So as you know, um, some of our learning areas such as English, maths, science, HPE, they're implemented as straight learning areas and it's an expectation that all of the concepts and skills that students learn within those areas are interrelated. When we come into learning areas such as the arts and HASS or humanities and social sciences, and technologies these are areas where we can implement as learning areas for some of our year levels but there is also the subject specific approaches so when we're thinking around the arts you have a choice whether you implement the the learning area of the arts and look at how you can um, link all of the different uh, subjects such as visual arts music in together or whether you actually teach them separately and the same for digital technologies and design and technologies there's um, a lot of aspects of the Achievement Standard and, and uh, aligned curriculum elements that can be linked together to create really rich learning experiences. You can also look at how you can implement them as subjects, so looking at digital technologies and the key skills that students need to develop and concepts that they need to understand within those subjects as well. The other um, learning area that we talk about is our languages, and so as you know there's uh, many different languages that schools can implement and it depends upon their context what what they choose to implement in that space but when we're looking at the Australian curriculum it's really around how we engaging our students in all of those learning areas and really providing rich opportunities for our students. In addition to our eight learning areas we also have the general capabilities and cross-curriculum priorities and this is um, really makes our curriculum a three-dimensional curriculum that supports students to develop their capabilities, not only in in content areas, but also in our government priorities around Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders histories and cultures, Asia and Australia's engagement with Asia, and also sustainability, which can create really meaningful um, learning opportunities within those eight learning areas. We also have our general capabilities, which are really around a continuum of learning that supports students to develop the capabilities that they need to succeed um, with the Australian curriculum and with 
learning in general. So it really is quite dynamic, isn't it? And, and the three dimensions that you've just described, then we unpack in terms of the three levels of planning. And this is something that you um, guide leadership teams through in the workshops, not in the sense of doing the planning, but what are the requirements in the planning? So did you want to talk a little bit about the three levels of planning? Sure. So when we're talking about the three levels of planning, it's really there's three distinct levels that um, provide more uh, focused levels of information for our teachers within the classroom to ensure that the implementation of the curriculum is effective. So when we're looking at the level one provision of the whole curriculum, we're looking at how we are going to implement the eight learning areas across uh, the years and looking at a long-term plan for ensuring that we are progressively developing students' awareness and understanding and skills within those learning areas. This can include things um, such as considering your context, your school context, whether, as I mentioned before, you're implementing learning area or subject-specific approaches, but also around your timing. There's some learning areas that are banded, and so it's actually, uh, there's curriculum that can be covered over multiple years. So how does that fit your context and what's going to be best, um, what's, what approach is going to be best for your students to succeed and to access learning in a continuous manner that supports them through their schooling. Um, when we move down into the year um, or band plans, depending upon the learning area, that's where, where we're really talking about the coverage of the achievement standards across um, a year or a band and looking at supporting students in a developmentally appropriate sequence to access the full Australian curriculum and the full scope and sequence of the achievement standards. So we talk about in the Peter 12 Calf workshops, Molly, one of our students in CQ, who um, has been attending school, has great attendance, is regularly involved in her schooling, has wonderful teachers who want the best for her. But we were looking at the mapping across those year old band plans and because that hasn't been forefronted in Molly's school in particular, we're seeing that there's gaps in Molly's learning. And if we are changing between different approaches um, and we're looking at different ways of implementing the curriculum, if we're not actually mapping how our students are accessing that curriculum in a sequential manner and making sure that they've got the full scope, then there's actually many Mollies in our schools who have missed really key, vital, important parts of their learning um, and, and who struggle because of it. Yeah, and, and Molly's a hypothetical student, but uh, is a really great case study to to emphasise how important it is that, that second level of planning and mapping all aspects of the achievement standard across every year of schooling and across subject areas because um, what we don't want are those gaps for our students because it can be compounding as they move through their education. Yeah, and, and we had an interesting conversation at the workshop that we held today around the work that we actually have as a system to look at, I guess, consistent practices in that space so that when our mollies do move schools, we do have a, a better understanding about what they're coming to us with and particularly in our transition processes, which we, we talk about quite often, particularly in our region, it's a very big focus around when our students enter that junior secondary, what are they coming with and how do we know and how can we better support our students to access the learning that they need to make sure that they're really um, engaging with the Australian curriculum and loving learning. Yeah, so important. So Kelly, talk about then the third level of planning, the unit plans. 
So when I talk about unit planning, I can't talk about unit planning without mentioning before moderation. And so when we're talking around unit planning as a, as a region, we don't have a specific template or process that we stipulate schools must use, but we really encourage schools to look at how teachers can work together collaboratively to build professional conversations and shared understandings around what's expected for students. So a lot of schools use no and do's as a way of unpacking what those expectations are and looking at the aligned curriculum elements, ensuring that we know what achievement standards our students need to achieve by the end of that unit and backwards mapping to identify what lesson sequences can we put into place for our students to ensure that they get there. Yeah. Now, I know from the workshops too that the, uh, I think it's on the Assessment and Moderation Hub, where the three levels of planning document gives us some great guidance in terms of what should be evident in the three levels. So teachers would find that that column around the unit planning would be a really helpful Yes, definitely. And the Assessment Moderation Hub was updated in week one of this term, as you know, Trudy, and it's a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources that can really support um, schools and teachers to develop their capability and understanding and, and also a bit of a quality assurance in their unit planning. Are we meeting all the requirements? And of course, we'll have a whole lot of links in the show notes for people to uh, get quick access to the documents that we're talking about and some other ones there that we may not mention but are absolutely essential in this work. So let's go on to assessment then. Kelly, what do we need to keep in mind in terms of assessment? So when we're looking at assessment, we're documenting assessment at all three of those levels that I mentioned before. At the provision of the whole curriculum level, we're documenting when assessment is taking place, how we're going to be ensuring that students are assessed in all of those eight learning areas and how we're collecting evidence of student achievement against the achievement standards. When we're coming into um, our year or band plans, this is really where we need to forefront assessment and think about the aspects of the achievement standard that we're covering. How are we going to collect evidence? When we're thinking around the techniques that we use, there's some consistent language um, and expectations, again, on the assessment moderation hub for each of the learning areas of what's appropriate and what's age appropriate for our students as they move throughout their schooling. Um, and when we also, the other assessment conventions that we can consider are around the type of text, which forefronts one of our general capabilities, literacy, and looks at um, what are we actually expecting students to produce and how are we explicitly teaching students the skills that they need to be able to demonstrate that understanding. When it comes to our unit plans, that's where we're really drilling down into when are we going to assess students on these aspects of the Achievement Centre, how are we gathering that evidence and also how do we know how they're progressing in that. So when we're talking about learning walls, as uh, I know you've mentioned before on your podcast, Trudy, this is really where we can bring in some of those um, quality formative assessment processes to track our students and to ensure that students are um, understanding the concepts that we're delivering within our sequence of teaching and learning. And then that informs the summative assessment that students are going to complete at the end. So we really want, it shouldn't be a surprise what students are achieving on their assessment tasks. It's around gathering those evident, that evidence as we go to inform our teaching and learning so that when we get to the assessment task, our students are really uh, assessment literate around what it is that they're expected to do and how it is that they're expected to demonstrate their knowledge and skills. Um, and then we can really um, prepare all of our students for success in that assessment. 
The other part I wanted to mention around assessment, because I really enjoy working in this space and I've been working with quite a lot of schools this week around marking guides. And so marking guides are something that I know um, a lot of schools are playing in and, and it's a, um, an interesting space because it's around that, I guess, making sure that judgments we are making are, are accurate. Um, and so again, the Assessment Moderation Hub has a suite of resources to support schools in uh, refining their processes around marking guides and being um, reflective around what their current processes are to gather student evidence and make judgments against the achievement standards. And I noticed in your notes, Kelly, you've wanted to chat about assessment folios, which is not new, but an aspect of assessment that I know many schools are really starting to dig into. And again, Trudy, it comes back to moderation, which, as you know, I love engaging in moderation with our schools around the region. And assessment folios are really around that end moderation. How are we gathering that evidence and making an on-balance judgment across a whole semester? And whilst um, schools have been using assessment folios for a long period of time, it's really around how we use them that's changing. So the, the process that we are supporting schools to start engaging with now is really around the professional conversations that happen alongside those student folios. Digging deep into the data and looking at what are the patterns and trends we can see for this student, what's going to make a difference for them next semester, and how can we ensure that this student is continuing to improve as we go through their schooling. Such important work. Now, let's go to your favourite topic, moderation. Yeah, and I've already talked about before and and moderation, Trudy, but when we're talking about moderation, our aim as a region is for all schools to be involved in collaborative moderation with other schools. And so moderation is really, in my mind, the best way that we can get the lift that we need for our students, for every single one of our students to succeed and for every single one of our teachers to build their capability and feel confident in delivering the Australian curriculum. So again, assessment moderation hub, go-to place for anything moderation, but we're really talking around those collaborative professional conversations and the power within a room um, of teachers who are moderating through the language that's um, being shared, through the rigorous conversations around where um, evidence of student achievement is, right down to how we're actually going to implement in those pedagogical conversations and, and pedagogical practices that are discussed. It, it really, uh, it's a reason why I get up in the morning. I just love the, the growth that you can see through schools that engage in moderation in really rigorous and um, precise ways. So when we're talking around moderation, it really is a way for us to pull together all the parts that we've talked about and in the P to 12 CAF workshops, all of the other components that you're going to talk about in your next podcast as well. Moderation is a way that we can bring all of those pieces together and really support teachers to align what it is that they need to teach the curriculum to how they're going to teach it, their pedagogy, and then how they're going to know students have successfully completed that through assessment and reporting. Let's let's talk about the four phases of moderation because I know you love uh, all aspects of that. So give us a run through the four phases. All right. So it is a cyclical process, Trudy. So it really is something that happens ongoing and focuses on, as I said before, curriculum, pedagogy and assessment. But when we're starting this journey, before moderation is the first of the four phases. So when we look at before moderation, it aligns somewhat to what people typically call unit planning and when we're looking at um, unpacking our assessment task 
it's really a deeper process where we are unpacking what it is that students are expected to know and do within an assessment task, developing really rigorous learning sequences that support students and challenge students to develop their understanding of the Australian curriculum. Before moderation is a great place to consider what it is that is going to support our students to be successful and ensure that all of our students have access to the curriculum in a way that supports their learning. Yeah, so that would be the place where those conversations around adjustments and how we differentiate for the whole spectrum of our learners takes place. That would be definitely right. And, and it's something that really, when you do before moderation well, the other three phases go much more smoothly. But if we don't have that consistent understanding about what it is that our students need to do and how we're going to ensure all students can access and show their learning, we struggle to find that evidence later on. Yeah, so take us through the next three uh, phases, Kelly. So there's two afters. And so depending upon what you'd like to call it, the first after is really focused around a calibration activity of teachers all coming together to develop a consistent understanding around how they're going to mark student work and what the standard descriptors described in the marking guides mean for them and their students within their classroom and within or across Um, the school. Once teachers have that consistent understanding, they can then go away and mark student work against the achievement standards and against the standard descriptors, and then come back together in the second after, which is a consensus activity where we're looking at comparing what a teacher has given a student to what the group um, decides is the appropriate level of achievement. And so those conversations are really around where can we see evidence of student achievement in their their work sample and what level of achievement does that student's work sample demonstrate to us. And I guess in that section it's really around the student and the work sample and it can lead to some really rich conversations around different adjustments and and, um, ways of ensuring that student will have success moving into the future as well. Yeah. And then the end... So I've already mentioned END a little bit before, and that's really where our assessment folios come into place. But it is a way of us quality assuring the reports that we actually are giving to our students and ensuring that the whole range of assessment that they complete throughout the semester, we make an unbalanced judgment in that space. And that leads us to reporting then, the last area that you and I were going to talk about. So what do we need to be aware of with reporting? Wonderful. So the purpose of the reporting is really around making our um, parents and families aware of what students have achieved throughout the semester. I guess a big focus in, in terms of reporting is giving a judgment against a five-point scale and that five-point scale um, changes throughout schooling but is really around how successful has my child been in engaging in the learning and um, demonstrating their knowledge and understanding. So I know with the last semester, there's some changes, I guess, in terms of how we have reported based upon COVID. Um, but in a, in a typical semester, we're really focusing around the summative assessment against the achievement standards of the Australian curriculum and um, looking at what our students can demonstrate and what our students are working towards in that space. Something to consider, and that I know that you'll talk more about in your next podcast, is around students who are accessing an ICP, an individualised curriculum plan, and ensuring that our reporting practices um, support those students to receive a fair and um, on-balance judgement 
for their report cards as well. And so when we're looking at the work that we do throughout the semester, our reporting is really around capturing all of the learning that our students have done. So Kelly, is there anything else in terms of curriculum, planning, assessment, moderation and reporting that you wanted to share that we haven't covered? Um, I think something that we talk about in the, the Peter 12 CAF workshops is around pedagogy. And it's in a whole nother conversation that I'm sure you'll have some time. Um, but all of this is really, a, is really only as good as how you do it. And so when we're talking around, I guess, engaging our students and what well, the conversations you'll have in your next podcast, it comes down to pedagogy and really knowing our students knowing how they learn, knowing the best teaching strategies that we can use to engage our students. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, teachers really make a difference in how we engage with learning and how we develop a love of learning and lifelong practices and habits. Yeah, that's so true. And thank you. Yeah, pedagogy is so critical. It's It's the secret sauce in it all, isn't it? Well, Kelly, thank you for sharing your knowledge and your obvious passion for all things curriculum, planning, assessment, moderation and reporting. Uh, It's been wonderful to have this conversation with you, particularly right now as those P12 curriculum assessment reporting framework workshops. Are you ready to rumble as we get ready for uh, Australian Curriculum Version 8 in 2021 in all of our schools? Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, Kelly, I know you're a listener to the podcast, so are you ready for the Fast Five? I'm not sure, but I will try my best. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Kelly, when and where was your first teaching appointment? Um, So my first teaching appointment was partway through the year in 2014, um, and it was in a prep year one class at Durack State School, um, a very uh, diverse Um, culturally diverse school and uh, my class had many different um, students from many different backgrounds with lots of different learning needs but I had a fantastic mentor who I thank to this day for the teacher and educator that I am today Um, and I learnt so much through that first placement that I will never forget and really focusing on the student and who the student is and and, um, what's going to make a difference for them and particularly at that prep year one juncture where um, all of my students came from a a home where they had English as a second language. It was really around knowing the student and and knowing what what would make them engage with the learning and what would support them to develop what they needed to succeed. Well, I'd love a whole other episode (laughs) on that or another conversation. That sounds amazing. So, Kelly, when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile? Well, I was thinking about this over the weekend. So the example I have is from last week, but it was a fantastic, um, I guess, example of just why I love this role. And um, I'm really lucky to get to work with so many different people all around our region. And as I've already mentioned, moderation is a passion of mine. Um, And last week I was working with a group of secondary principals from the Callard Dawson area to unpack moderation and uh, where they currently are sitting as individual schools and also as a cluster and develop a bit of an action plan around what their next steps are and how they're going to ensure all of their teachers, many who are beginning teachers, Mm. are going to um, engage in professional conversations and develop their capability and ensure that each learner in their school is really successful and engaging with the curriculum. And so I really got a lot out of talking to that group and I really enjoyed 
um, working with them and the commitment they have to improving and growing as leaders themselves, but also the processes that they use within their schools so that all of their teachers are capable and confident and all of their learners have access to the curriculum and are engaged and enjoying school. Yeah, that's exciting. So Kelly, what's your best book or film recommendation? Well, Trudy, this was really hard um, and I've left it blank on on the um, notes that you sent through because there's so many different books, movies and films that I just love. Every author and every um, filmmaker shares something of themselves with the world and also a different perspective. But as I was looking through my bookshelf trying to work out what to talk about, I came across The Buzz, which was from Tracy Ezzard, who presented at the Longreach Principals Conference two years ago. And looking through it, I really uh, connected with and remembered all of the things that I learnt from engaging in her presentation and reading through that text around culture and around how we build a culture in our school. And, and culture is something that's really hard to put your finger on, but building excitement and I think having a passion and excited workplace is something that's really important for us as educators to, to maintain that high energy and um, love for what we're doing. And if you, ha- I know that many people will have read um, her, her book from the conference, but if anyone's new to their leadership role or hasn't got around to flicking through the pages, I really recommend it for just different ways of talking about culture and talking about ways of sustaining our energy and engagement and excitement throughout the year particularly a year like this one that's, you know, thrown many hurdles in in front of us. Really important that we keep building that culture and focusing on um, intentionally creating a space that we all love to work. Yeah, great recommendation. And another good outcome from the Longreach Conference, Kath Lawler and I were reminiscing about that in the last episode. So thanks for the book recommendation. Kelly, what's your favourite quote? My favourite quote is, one that has uh, stuck with me from uh, high school um, around be the reason someone smiles today. So I'm not sure who it is accredited to, but um, it's really around, for me, there's, a, there's enough hardship in the world. My philosophy is that every day we should be looking to build someone else's capability, um, share some joy and really, I guess, focus on the good things um, and, and ensure that we're building other people up and putting smiles on people's faces. Yeah, that is a great quote. Thanks, Kelly. And as far as things to see in CQ, what's our best kept secret? Well, I'm not sure it's the best kept secret, Trudy, but something that never, a spot that never ceases to brighten my day is the Mount Morgan Range. And um, I I get to drive up and down that road quite a bit. And uh, not too long ago, I was driving uh, down back to Rockhampton and there was a full double rainbow that ended in the valley and it was just gorgeous, gorgeous colours, gorgeous light. I did have to be careful to keep my eyes on the road and make sure I was driving safely on the way down, but um, it was just glorious. And and, uh, last week when I was heading up there, it was around sunrise and just the clarity um, of of the the mountains and the the trees and the the beautiful colours just always puts a smile on my face. Yeah, I bet it's different every time too. That's definitely right. Well, Kelly, thank you for doing the Fast Five and thank you for sharing your passion for all things curriculum, planning, assessment, moderation, of course, and reporting. It's been wonderful to have this conversation with you. Just thanks for your time this afternoon. Thank you for having me. 
And if you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes, or if you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you have enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You will find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversations, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast and forwarding the email which comes every fortnight with the show notes. Thanks for being my guest today, Kelly. Thanks for having me, Judy. for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.